98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. An infectious disease expert says allowing mainland travelers to transit in Hong Kong will not put the SAR at greater risk of fresh COVID-19 outbreaks. Media mogul Jimmy Lai says people should avoid buying shares in his media company because the high price is unsustainable. And pro-Beijing heavyweights say they expect pro-democracy lawmakers will stay on in the Legislative Council. An infectious disease expert says allowing travelers from mainland cities to transit in Hong Kong to flights elsewhere will not increase the risk of fresh outbreaks of COVID-19 in the SAR. Respiratory medicine specialist Dr. Leung Chiu said the coronavirus situation on the mainland was under control and it's considered a low-risk area. He pointed out that Hong Kong International Airport has been allowing travelers from some high-risk areas to transit in Hong Kong since June. By the large risk of COVID-19, is now low uh, in most parts of mainland and uh, we have resumed the transit service from the 1st of June and there are a number of people coming from high-risk and uh, medium-risk areas already. I do not think the increased numbers of passengers from low-risk area will add to uh, the overall risk uh, of our transit passage in Hong Kong. The person in charge of turning a sports center in Sayingpun into a COVID-19 testing laboratory says the facility could handle up to 500,000 samples a day if group testing is used. Cao Sujie of the mainland testing firm BGI Genomics, Genomics told the Xinhua News Agency that instead of testing individual samples one by one, three or five samples could be mixed together and tests could be run on the cocktails. He said 600 laboratory staff could work in three shifts per day. He also recommended taking throat swabs for the tests because the results would be more accurate. Media tycoon Jimmy Lai says people shouldn't buy his company's stock, saying the recent price surge isn't sustainable. The share price of Next Digital jumped by as much as 1,100% before trading down. Mr. Lai hosting his weekly live chat on Twitter for the first time since being released on bail on suspicion of violating the national security law says he's overwhelmed by people's support for him and his business. Initially, when I was arrested, the stock dropped and then it went like crazy. But I advise nobody to touch it because whenever, you know, don't buy it because it's, it's high now, it will drop, drop back because this is just a very ephemeral phenomenon that's not going to last but it just shows that people really support us it gives us so much support so much confidence so much comfort to be part of this community a deputy director of beijing's basic law committee maria tam says people need to look at the chinese constitution instead of just relying on the basic law when studying how beijing resolves hong kong's problems Critics argue the NPCSC decision to have Lechko's term extended by no less than a year is unconstitutional because the basic law states that a Lechko term shall be four years. But Ms. Tam says according to the Constitution, the national legislature decides on the SAR system. Hong Kong's sole delegate to the top national legislature, Tam Yu-jung, says he thinks pro-democracy lawmakers will stay on in Lechko for the coming year, saying they'd otherwise be making major losses. Some progressives from the camp say lawmakers should boycott LegCo because Beijing's decision to extend its term is unconstitutional. But Mr. Tam questioned why would the camp not stay on? The DAB stalwart says the pro-democracy camp should be reborn and stop causing chaos when they return to LegCo. 
The High Court is hearing a judicial review launched by five veteran Democrats against court warrants issued to enable their mobile phones to be searched as they face charges in relation to several anti-extradition protests last year. Vicky Wong has more. The case involves the devices of former legislators Martin Lee, Albert Ho, Sin Chung Kai, Aunok Hin and Yeung Sum. Lawyers representing them argued that the scope of the warrants, which cover the entire contents of their mobiles, is simply too wide and there should have been specific search parameters, such as restricting the police to only searching data recorded within a specific time period. The lawyers noted that the search warrants were issued after the group had appeared in court over the charges. Authorities could well have applied for the warrants for an inter-parties hearing, they said, so both sides could argue their case and set search limits in the warrants. But lawyers representing the government argued that the issue of warrants is constitutional and did not violate privacy rights. They said the issuing of the warrants already implied that the manner of the police search should be reasonable and only information linked to the offence should be searched and nothing else. They noted that there are also legal safeguards allowing people to launch court challenges afterwards. They also said it's impossible and impractical for the police and the court to set search parameters ahead of time, as one cannot dictate to the police in advance how they do a search without affecting the integrity and effectiveness of the investigation. India has overtaken Britain to become the country with the fourth highest number of deaths from COVID-19. More than 46,000 fatalities linked to coronavirus infection have now been recorded in the country. The BBC's Rajini Vaidyanathan reports. As the country continues to ease its strict lockdown, cases continue to rise at a fast pace. On some days this week, the number of daily deaths was higher than that of the United States. For a country of 1.3 billion, India's death rate is still relatively low, but experts remain concerned about the country's upward trajectory. Social distancing is a challenge in densely populated areas, and despite an increase in capacity, testing rates are still low compared with other countries. The United States, Brazil and Mexico remain the three worst affected nations. A report by the U.S. Department of Agriculture says almost 60% of North Korea's population is facing food insecurity. The assessment is about 2% higher than last year and cites the coronavirus pandemic as an aggravating factor. The BBC's Ali McConnell reports. In their annual food security assessment, the researchers estimate that 59.8% of North Korea's population is suffering food insecurity. That's more than 15 million people and is an increase of about 700,000 on last year. North Korea is no stranger to food shortages, often caused by drought or bad weather. But this year, the impact of COVID-19 has stunted economic growth and slowed a projected improvement in nutrition. Meanwhile, a US-based website which monitors security developments in North Korea has published commercial satellite images suggesting that a nuclear facility there may have been damaged by recent flooding. Analysts from the think tank say the photos, taken in the past week, show floodwater around two pump houses connected to reactors at the Yongbyon Research Complex. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has said China's economic power makes it a more difficult foe to deal with than the Soviet Union during the Cold War. Speaking on a visit to the Czech Republic, Mr. Pompeo said the Chinese Communist Party was already enmeshed in Western economies, politics and societies, but he said there were obstacles to China's influence. China's world dominance is not inevitable. We're the authors of our fate. Free societies have always been more attractive. And here's the best news of all. 
The resolve of freedom-loving people all over the world is to defend their way of life, and it is growing. I see it every place I go. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been setting out their vision for the United States in their first joint appearance since he chose her as his Democratic Party running mate for November's election. Mr. Biden said he had no doubt he'd pick the right person to help him rebuild the country. The BBC's Barbara Pledusher was watching the event. My fellow Americans, now let me introduce to you, for the first time, your next Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. There was no applause for this momentous announcement in a high school gymnasium occupied only by journalists and cameras. Mr. Biden gave Kamala Harris a ringing and deeply personal endorsement. He also took advantage of the moment to launch a full-blown indictment of Donald Trump, criticizing the president's handling of the pandemic and his record on race. Ms. Harris took up the theme, arguing that the election was a battle for the soul of the nation. Almost all the oil has now been removed from a stricken cargo ship which spilled fuel into the Indian Ocean off Mauritius. A cleanup operation is continuing. Here's the BBC's Catherine Biaruhanga. Mauritians feared that some 4,000 tonnes of fuel from the MV Wakashio would pour into the pristine waters that surround the island nation. Removing the fuel has now prevented the worst-case scenario, but risks remain. A thick, toxic sludge can still be seen on the southeastern coastline. Environmentalists say delicate ecosystems will be affected. Speaking to the BBC, Prime Minister Pravin Jugnoth denied claims his government was slow to respond to the crisis. Brussels has welcomed the decision by Washington not to increase the amount of goods subject to tariffs as part of the Airbus-Boeing subsidy dispute between the European Union and the United States. This report from the BBC's Jonathan Josephs. This row has been going on for more than a decade, with the US accusing European governments of giving unfair financial help to Airbus and European governments making the same accusation about the US and Boeing. Last year, Washington scored a victory at the World Trade Organization, which allowed it to impose tariffs on $7.5 billion worth of stuff it buys from across the Atlantic. The EU has welcomed the decision not to escalate the tensions, and both sides have renewed their commitment to finding a compromise to this economically damaging row. A frog from the Brazilian rainforest has become the first amphibian to be found to live in a harem. Polygyny, where one male mates with several females who remain loyal to him, had previously been found in some mammals, fish, reptiles, birds and even some invertebrates. The BBC's Candace Piet has the story. Writing in the journal Science Advances, Fabio Gissá, a zoologist at the University of Campinas in Brazil, said the arrangement appeared to suit both genders of the frog species. He said his team had found the males bred with only two females, mostly with a dominant one, but also with a secondary female. This allowed the males to diversify their gene pool. And for the females, despite having to share, they got a better quality male who would provide them with good breeding sites. Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 106.74 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 11 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 25,213. That's 30 points down on the previous close. Sports, here's Adam Jung. We start with football and the dramatic opener to the European Champions League quarterfinals. Paris Saint-Germain scored twice in stoppage time to seal an incredible comeback against Atalanta and reach the semi-finals for the first time in 25 years. 2-1 was the final score, watched by the BBC's John Bennett. 
For Paris Saint-Germain, this is a hugely significant moment. The first time they've made it to the semi-finals of the Champions League since their current owners from Qatar took over the club in 2012. There were four quarter-final exits and three last 16 exits in seven years. Carlo Ancelotti, Laurent Blanc and Unai Emery all tried and failed to get them past the last eight. Now Thomas Tuchel, their current head coach, finally has done it. It's a relief in particular for Neymar, who missed two great chances first half. And now the French champions, despite a long injury list, will feel they can go on and win it for the first time in their history. PSG will play the winner of tonight's game between Atletico Madrid and RB Leipzig. To the World Snooker Championship in Sheffield, where Ronnie O'Sullivan has taken an early lead in his semi-final match against Mark Selby. The five-time champion made a quick start to go up 4-1 before Selby ended the day with a strong finish to close the gap to 5-3. O'Sullivan says playing in an empty crucible theater has helped him stay fresh. Yeah, and no, I feel fresh as a daisy. You know, I'm enjoying it. Um, and I think maybe, you know, just with being able to just walk from the hotel to the venue and no one not trying to like um, play hide and seek from the fans and that has, has made it a bit more easier, more relaxed. Scotland's Anthony McGill leads England's Kyron Wilson 6-2 in the other semi-final. On the ice, the top line of the Boston Bruins delivered in overtime as they beat the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 1 of their best-of-seven first-round NHL playoff series. Patrice Bergeron scored early in the second overtime period on a setup by David Pasternak and Brad Marchand. Boston won it 4-3. The game in the Toronto bubble was pushed back 15 hours to a rare late-morning start after the Columbus-Tampa game went five overtime times the day before. Boston coach Bruce Cassidy says he was confident his team could score in pressure situations. We're a good offensive team. You know, we're, we're not maybe uh, as, as potent as, you know, the, the Tampas of the league, but we got guys that can finish. Um, you know, sooner or later, you're going to get something to go your way and just happen to be a real nice play. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't, a, I would call a lucky play by any means. It was some, some really top end players making plays. In other series openers, the New York Islanders beat the Washington Capitals 4-2, Philadelphia got past Montreal 2-1, Colorado blanked Arizona 3-0. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting. 10 The News, our top stories. An infectious disease expert says allowing mainland travelers to transit in Hong Kong will not put the SAR at greater risk of fresh COVID-19 outbreaks. Media mogul Jimmy Lai says people should avoid buying shares in his media company because the high price is unsustainable. The news from RTHK. Let's enjoy Annuity Payment Day, a day when you can experience the joy of receiving guaranteed monthly income even after retirement. With the HKMC Annuity Plan, you can achieve hassle-free retirement and needn't worry so much about the financial challenges brought by longevity. Call 2512-5000 to learn more and make an appointment. The plan is subject to relevant terms and conditions. Hi, I'm Lazy Lion. To fight this pandemic, don't hold gatherings or join large-scale activities. Event organizers should adopt contingency measures to postpone or cancel events or temporarily close facilities. The public should avoid crowded places as far as possible. Don't host or join gatherings with family and friends. Find an open space to stretch. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. These are the tips for you and me to prevent COVID-19. Radio. 
And welcome to today's one, two, three show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 13th of August is today's date. I hope you're all having a great day today. And uh, we do have a busy program following on uh, Phil's Morning Brew. Thank you very much to Phil. On today's one, two, three show, we'll be talking about rum. 